You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. 1 Samuel chapter 1. I love that word justified. Did you be declared righteous? I kept the card. I may have it somewhere still. But years and years and years ago, I was knocking on doors and I found John and Mary Williams. I remember talking to them in the morning time at the door. They're such sweet people, country type folks background, you know. And um, I wrote on there, these are good people. They were lost. And then a couple years later, they started coming to church, began to come. It's the old building, and I, I was preaching on justification. They sit way at the back on this right-hand side. I'll never forget it. Always see them before church, after church, talk to them. Justified. And I'll tell you what, you talk about a preacher that about lost it. During the invitation, they stepped out and walked down the aisle and got saved. Justified. Brother John uh, was laid to rest out here in Santa Clara. But I thank God for the Word of God, Amen. the power in the Word of God. Many times in life, before we get to the Scripture, I've said in this pulpit, to obey every spiritual impulse. Yes, obey the Holy Spirit, but that Holy Spirit is that impulse that God is speaking to your heart. This morning, I want you to say yes to God. I want to say yes to God. I was telling our class this morning, and we'll get started in a moment, uh, how that God impressed me just recently about, uh, I read my Bible, I've done it for all my whole entire life as a teenager on. I get up early in the morning, I read my Bible and pray, but God impressed upon me in addition to what I read to do this and to do this recently. You know, I want to obey God. That's taking me a little bit more time, but I want to obey God. I think of your program, Jesus, every day. Just obey God. God wants you to do that. Just get a, a stack of tracks and pass out tracks. And if God wants you to use an invitation, you know, the big thing nowadays is don't, don't have invitations. You wrote a good book on that, altars, but don't have, all right, don't do it. So what are you going to do when the Spirit of God says go? That's like playing a football game. So okay, one minute left. We're not going to have a final score. Probably that's what they'll think nowadays so nobody gets offended, you know. But, but, but I want to obey God. I want to obey what God's speaking to my heart about. We're in 1 Samuel chapter 1. I'll read for the sake of time today, verse 5, but Hannah, but unto Hannah, he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah. This is her husband. But the Lord had shut up her womb. And her adversary provoked her sore to make her fret because the Lord has shut up her womb. And as he, her husband, did so year by year when she, he and she, went up to the house of the Lord. You know, when God doesn't give you the desire of your heart, and when it seems like your heart is shattered and broken and you're being betrayed, you still go to the house of God. Yes. And you go as a husband and wife. 
all across America and around the world today are watching, folks are watching, and husband laid out of church today, or is laying out of church these hours, these days, and the wife is laying out, maybe he's going by us. shame on you. The two become one. And if somebody wants to go to the house of God, the mate ought to go. But I don't believe that. I believe when they let God continue to work on your heart and get to the house of God. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So year by year, they went to the house of God. Just do right all the time. And she went year by year, and uh, so she was provoked, and she wept and did not eat. Sometimes the struggles you face and that we face, you can't eat. I've lost my appetite. I'm just so nervous in my heart. I, I, I weep, I cry all the time. And the Bible says in verse number eight, then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why weepest thou? And why eatest thou not? Why is thy heart grieved? Am I not better to thee than 10 husbands? Uh, ten, ten sons, I, as your husband, we're, 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 we're together. We have one another. Uh, the Lord uh, waited in our family six years and 11 months before God gave us Tiffany, a pastor's wife, our daughter. And then God waited another three, four years, four years, three years, till God gave us our son, who's a preacher. And then God waited uh, another year and then gave us Tabitha. We stay with the T's, T- Tiffany, Timothy, Tabitha. If we had the fourth, it would have been the end, but it wasn't the end. So no more, it was the end, no more children. And we thank God for the Tabitha serving the Lord with her husband here as our principal. She did not have a child. And her heart's desire was not for herself. I would like to become very wealthy. I'd like to get a lot of money. Now, apparently God cannot trust me with it. But my wife and I are both of the same persuasion. We want to give, give, give to the work of God. We want to give to people. It's an amazing thing how many preacher friends of mine, our different folks, gave me money this week, our cards, and I've given them all away. It's more blessed to give than to receive. I thank God for the joy of giving. And I, apparently God can't trust me, but I, I don't want money for us. I want money so that I can give to people and give to the work of God. I don't want to die with a boatload of money. Looks like it's going to not happen, though I have a boatload of money. So she was brokenhearted. But notice what the Bible says, and we're getting where we're supposed to go. In verse number, verse number 21, And it came to pass, and by the way, that this is found over 300 times in the Bible, it always comes to pass. Your heartache's going to come to pass, and it's going to go. It's going to be here, and sometimes we're left with the wound, I know. The time has come about Hannah, she conceived and bare a son and called his name Samuel. Samuel, if you have a Samuel in your home, just means ask for. We ask for him. Because I have asked of the Lord. Her husband continued to go, 
annually to the house of God and worship there. She went not, for she said to her husband, I will not go until the child be weaned. And then I will bring him that the, he may appear before the Lord and there abide, what's the last word? Forever, forever, forever. Verse 27, we're getting where we're going. For this child I prayed and the Lord hath given me my petition which I ask of him. Therefore have I, what's that word? Lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord there. And Hannah prayed and said, my heart rejoices the Lord, the horn of my salvation. Look, uh, uh, what he says in verse, she says, verse 18. Verse 18, Samuel ministered before the Lord, being a child, girded with linen, ephod, and his mother made him a little coat and brought it to him year to year when she came up with her husband to offer a yearly sacrifice. Here it is. Why don't we learn to give back to God with that which he's given to us? Just give it back. God doesn't give us things to hoard things for ourselves. God did not give you that brilliant mind just for yourself. God did not give you that great education for yourself. God did not give you that common sense or the gift that he gave you, 1 Corinthians 12 and Ephesians chapter 4 verse 12 and, and uh, Romans chapter 12. He didn't just give you a gift to be used for yourself. There are nine spiritual gifts in the Bible and when you got saved, he allowed the Holy Spirit of God to come in your life to convict us and to guide us and to, to train us and to teach us in all ways and to comfort us. But he also gave us gifts. Those gifts are for helps, to help the work of God. They're not for yourself. And so we find here today, she was given something and she said, I've lent them back to the Lord. I gave him back. When God gives us money, remember Deuteronomy 8, 18, it is God that giveth thee power to get wealth. When God gives you money, remember, as Jesus said, Acts 20, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Remember what our Lord says, give and it shall be given to you, Luke 8, 38. Remember what the word of God says in 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9, out of their poverty, uh, uh, poverty uh, they gave with abundance to the work of God. You know how this church has been fueled? By the wealthy and the rich? No, by God's people saying yes to God. Thank God for the gifts that come in that are large gifts from time to time. But I tell you, even a large gift is a sacrificial gift. I thank God for people that God places something in his hand. Everything that God has given to you is his. Your life is not your own. Your life has been given to you by him. Our, our marriage is not our own. It's for the glory of God. Our family, our children are not ours. Well, I own them. They're mine. No, they're not. They're God's. I want you to know that your money is God's. Your abilities are God's. Your talent is God's. Your education is God's. God has entrusted. Here's a lady said, I want a child. I don't want a child so I could just smother that child. Some of you dear parents are helicopter parents. You're hovering over your kids all the time. Won't let them out of your sight. And I'm not talking about safety and things of that nature. 
Can't put them in the nursery because, you know, kids are dying in the nursery. We've never had one in 47 years die in the nursery yet. That's part of the weaning process. So they're not just screaming from mama for everything. That they learn what it is for a moment of separation, not a whole day. After two months, we allow them to go to the nursery. And there's a little, it's getting quiet in here now. And a little bit of separation. And then you get them back and there's a union, there's a closeness. And then you get to come back Sunday night, a little bit of separation. And by the way, we paid you if there's a problem. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. There, that's part of the growing process. That's what kindergarten's all about. Just a, a season of separation. Just a season. That's what school's about. That's what high school's about. That's what college is about. The new things go online to college. Oh, go to a dorm and have somebody other than your mama saying, make your bed. Ha- have Colonel Oxidine coming through and checking your dorm. That'd be awesome. I want a child. But the purpose of the child is to give the child back to God. I'm afraid that we don't want our kids to be given back to God. We've got too much plans for them to take care of us one day. Do you know that was anti-American? The goal was never to take care of your kids. Your goal was to, the Bible, leave father and mother. But this is a melting pot. Most of the nations of the world, it's all about how my kids can take care of me. I want a good education because when I get older, I'm going to need somebody. That is your responsibility, mother and dad. You figure that out. And allow your children to leave father and mother. But we, 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 we start, <laughs> I'm loving this. You're probably voting me out. But we hover as little babies and we hover all the way through school. And we hover all the way through college. And we hover all the way through, you know, a, a man called me years ago, about 25 years ago. says, my daughter's in college there. She's never had her hair cut. And he said, if she cuts her hair, I'm going to hold you responsible. I said, sir, you come and get your daughter. Because I am not going to watch how long she or how short she cuts her hair. Amen. It takes long when I have to do my own amen and all the sorrow that happened to that home just within six months after she left. I'm talking about the fact that you give your kids back to God. Well, man, if I tell you, Pastor, God may call him to be a preacher. Well, you have a choice between your son being the president of the United States and being a preacher. I'll tell you what is the most important. That would have been a good place for you to say amen. Why would you stoop to be the president of the United States? Well, you could be a preacher of the gospel representing as an ambassador to the king of kings. Your children, your marriage, your wealth, your mind is not yours. God entrusted it. We are stewards. A steward is one who manages the property, the valuables, the possessions of another. And as we manage what God's entrusted to us, let's make sure that we do it properly. One, give your life back to God. Give your life back to God. 1 Corinthians 16, what? Knowing not that you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body, which is God's, Christ. You're, you're not your own. The Bible says you are not what? No, you're not, you're not your own. 
You don't own you. I'm so thankful that our kids grow up here and some don't sense the call to the ministry. That's okay. That's all right. Because everybody can't be a preacher, a missionary, not all are called. But we said for years, you either ought to be called to the ministry or help the ministry. Help somebody that's trying to do something for the ministry. And that's why this is such a great church. You have invested your lives here. Are you all preachers? No. Are all apostles, all prophets, are all teachers, are all, 1 Corinthians 12 says, no, they're all not. You're not, everybody's not a Sunday school teacher. Everybody's not a bus worker. Everybody's not a deacon, an usher, whatever. No, God sprints it all out. Thank God. We ought to have some godly mechanics in this church. Godly pilots in this church. Godly doctors in the church. I'm going to say godly dentist, but I don't know about that. <laughs> Dr. May, where are you? She's godly. But, 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 but you, don't, you don't own you. You don't own you. And may I say, God, my life, our school song for the high school, my life, Lord, is yours to control. I give you my heart and my soul. I'll seek your way, never mind. Rich treasure to find. God wants to take your life and use it for his glory. It might be to just be uh, uh, this type of task and be a good neighbor in your neighborhood, but be that good neighbor and take care of that job and be the best. God may raise you up to one day this guy is going to get old and die off the scene and you're the next pastor of this church. Good night, be one that's totally vested that God has my life in my prayer journal. The first song I have in that journal, take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. And it speaks in that song, take my hands, take my eyes, take my feet, take my ears, and let them be swift, musical, vote for thee. Let me hear the right things today. God wants your life. I wonder if you ever, we, we've always challenged our kids, at, whether it be at camp or school, whatever it is, that, that somewhere along the line, God, give God your life. Doesn't mean you'll be the preacher. But at least say, God, you're, I, 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 there's a blank check. You do with me what you want. Amen. You just do with me what you want. Yes. Our missionary, Brother Lopez and his wife, I'm sorry to acknowledge you, from Bolivia, they, they just had to come to a point in their life years ago and say, we won't live here. We'll go to Bolivia and serve God there. Thank God. These men are in the Philippines. Thank God for you. We have folks here this week from India and from other countries of the world and God has invested. We had missionaries. I think of the Vong family graduates who were here this week from Cambodia out of our college and, and doing such a great work and their sons come to school in the fall and they're graduates. I think of what they're doing with their lives and our missionaries and our pastors that were graduates and alumnus here this week. They say, I'm serving God with my life. You say, well, God chooses the talented. No, God chooses the weak, the base, the things world of this world. You're not ready to be a mom or a father until you say, God, my life's yours. Blank check, fill in the blanks. I'll go where you want me to go, dear Lord. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll be what you want me to be. Give, give your life back to the Lord. We have a elementary chapel, and Brother Galvan, you go with me to elementary chapel, and Brother Martinez, 
When those little kids, K4, K4 and through sixth grade, when they sang, I wish you could hear it sometime. Here am I, Lord, send me. Here am I, Lord, send me. I will serve you faithfully. Here am I, Lord, send me. And myself or Brother Martinez who's ever leading go like this and we'll, we'll, we'll move it up a half step and they shout it out and then we'll move it up another half. And they, you know, I wish you, I weep every time I hear them. I can't stop. I just, I weep when I hear those little voices. Here am I. Have you given God your life? Have you given God my life is yours to control? I want to ask you about this thing about giving your life. You know, we don't sing it much. I wish we would. 475, I gave my life to thee. Jesus gave his life. What hast thou given to me? Francis Havagel in, 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 in 1858 saw a picture, a painting of Jesus with the, what they said, the crowns on us and, and, and already beaten and, and, and the picture she saw in 1858, underneath it, the caption said, I gave my life for you. She went back to her room and wrote a poem. She died at age 41. She wrote a poem. And she felt like it was so lame, she crumpled up and tossed it to the fire and had burnt edges or scarred edges, but it never caught fire. She pulled it out and folded it up. It was a mess, and she kept it for several years. One day, Philip Bliss, who died at age 38, drowned in Ohio trying to save his wife in a train accident. They got together, and he put the music to those words. What is it? Have you given your life? Say, well, we're having so many people in our church retire right now. It's an amazing thing. And so many are saying, my life's available. I'll come down here one day a week. I'll do anything. I'll come two days a week. I'll come three days a week. I'll come four days. Whatever God wants, wherever you can use me. And so far, all these different folks that are retiring, getting busy doing something, saying, it's better than my job. I had my entire life. You know what they're saying? And they're not old, they're young, I think, when they're retiring. But I'm, I'm retiring, but I still have health, and I still have my mind, and I still have my body, and I want to serve God with my life. Amen. One lady just retired. She's not completely retired. She said, I told God when I was a high school student that, God, I want to serve you with my life. And all of a sudden, marriage came along, and children came along, and life came along, and the family is living all for God in full-time service. She says, now... My husband's serving here. It's time for me to serve here too. I tell you what, we see her imprint already in the bookstore. We see her husband's imprint where he's serving the Lord as a volunteer for Jesus. My life, God, you can use, take my life, let it be. This child that you have, I'm giving him back to you, God. He's yours. By the way, give your child. Not just give yourself. I love it at missions conference that we sing page 89, O Zion Hayes, that four stanza. Give of thy sons to bear the message glorious. Give of thy wealth 
to speed them on their way. I don't know what God had for our children. I felt like they should figure that out with God. But I do know that every day of their life, the day they were born, they were all born in, their, in our house at home. I hailed Tiffany in 1979. I gave her the plan of salvation right off the bat. I told her how beautiful she was. And I said, now, Tiffany, one day you're going to have to decide to give your life to God. She has five children. Two are out of high school grown and, and wait a minute, serving God today, one in Florida, one in Georgia this morning. Wait a minute. She's a preacher's wife. I didn't tell her to be a preacher's wife. God instructed her to marry a man of God. I remember Bobby the day my daughter broke up with your son. She said, Dad, I'm in college. I don't think, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, I'm not, I don't know. Well, that's music to dad's ears. More time in our home. And a while back later, I'll never forget, she said, Dad, can I talk to you tonight? And I went in her room, bedroom, and we sat on the floor. It's a young college girl. She said, I can't get him out of my heart. I love him. We talked about he's going to the ministry. Do you understand that? I'll never forget she might be watching later today to see this. I, I said, Tiffany, you broke up once. You can't keep doing this to that boy. You can't break up again. You better make sure. Well, Dad, can you help me with it? Can you tell? I can't tell you. I felt like I could tell my child, no, that's not the right one, but I can't tell, yes, it's the right one. Because by God's grace, after I'm dead and gone, she's still going to be living with him. She said, I believe he's the right one, Dad. Why? I had an opportunity to say no. Oh, I've made some idiotic decisions in my life. Oh, no, God's using them. You know, I prayed so much for Tim. You have one boy. God, please call him. But I never told him. I never told him. I'm praying God will call you to be, call you to be a preacher. I didn't want that pressure on him. I can remember so many days praying for that boy every day that God would use him. Well, I preached twice this morning at his church. Hey, I'm thankful God called him to the ministry. I'm so thankful and proud that Tabitha called, God called her to your son. And we share grandkids together. I'm just so grateful for that, Sam and Julie. I want you to know that, 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 that your children don't belong to you. Ms. Treber would say all the time, I'd rather have my kids halfway around the globe in the center of God's will, serving on a foreign land, than living right next door outside of the will of God. And I remember that day came when Ryan and Tiffany left. I remember going into August meeting as staff orientation. I saw those two U-Hauls pull out of here to go down to Newport Beach, and my heart just broke. I saw those grandkids that lived almost next door. And I saw those trucks going and their car going. And it just shattered my heart. Just shattered. I'd never cried so much in my life. I didn't want those grandkids gone. 
Those little grandkids are so close to us. I'd come home sometime and see their bikes on the driveway there. Oh, that day was gone and it's permanently gone. And then about a year later, Tim said, Dad, we're leaving. We're going to go to Arizona. No, I thought in my heart, no. I said, praise God, son. Oh, when they left out, I got a video. There you all went this way and around this way. My wife gave her their car, her nice car and said, you can take it to the ministry. And that car was full and they were towing a vehicle. I tell you what, that was the hardest thing to say goodbye to our son. But he doesn't belong to us, Brother Van Dyke. He belongs to God. Tabitha said, Dad, I feel God wants me. No, you're staying here. I'll tell you what, give, give your child to God. Children are an heritage of the Lord. Psalm 127, what is that? It's the deposit in your account. Your kids are not yours, they're God's. They're gifts from God. Let, let, let help them, guide them, give direction where God might have for them to do. Get them good counsel from somebody that loves them. But wait a minute, let them find out what God wants them to do. Give your life and give your child and give your treasure. We're out of time. But I find throughout the, David said, of my own proper goods have I given to the house of God, my silver, my gold. I gave it all. I'm grateful for the opportunities that God gives this church that we can give. Number four, give your time. <laughs> On Time Change Sunday. God wants your time. God wants you to invest in his work. God wants you to do something that's going to count for eternity. We're living in a moment, I'm going to close. We're living in a moment where it seems like we want to run to the beat of our own drum. Yeah. Pastor stupid. He doesn't, he doesn't know. Oh, no, I'm your shepherd. I've already been where you're trying to go. I'm trying to guide you into a good sheep, a good pasture and safe. All around us, all every church, we got people, sheep in their pasture trying to raise the fence or remove the fence. I can give you hope. I think I'm going to live a long life. But I can give you hope. I'm pretty close to the end. One day this heart's going to stop with a heart attack or a stroke or you name it. You can lower the fence as much as you want or raise it so you can crawl underneath. You can do what you want. But I guarantee you, you're going to destroy your life and your home. I wish I could write the book. It would be cruel. But as Jesus had more left him and stayed with him, I could write the book of the results of what happens when you leave the sheepfold. And I never tell you, so many of you don't know the story. What the real Online you know this, but you don't know the real story. I watched it for 47 years. We've been, I've watched it. My wife's watched it. I know your decision you're going to make. I know what the final outcome is going to be. I know. 
Doesn't take the brains of a rocket scientist to figure this thing out. Out of life, watching life, watching life for as a boy in our church and people making foolish decisions and as a college age student, as a young preacher in the gospel, then becoming the pastor of this church. I've watched it a lifetime. And I can't tell you a success story when you get away from God. I can't tell you one. It's time to say, God, my hand's off my life. Doesn't mean you're going to have to go to the ministry or get to go to the ministry. It doesn't mean that. It just means, God, wherever, wherever he leads, I'll go. Wherever he leads, I'll go. It might be right next door to your neighbor. I'll follow my Christ who loved me so. Wherever he leads, I'll go. Today, would you give your life to God for salvation? Let him save you today. Without Christ, you're going to die eternity in hell. Give him your salvation. Give him service. Give him submission. Give him your spirit. Some, some in life have such a bad spirit. Give him your spirit today. My prevailing attitude. I'm so negative. Well, then let God change. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.